This is an FOU Studios podcast. The Chris Hahn Show. America and welcome. This is the Chris Hahn Show. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. The truth is on the air and truthfully tonight, America. I got to tell you, um, I was off last week. You might have missed me. I'm live this week. 631-451-1039. I'll be taking your calls all night. 631-451-1039. There's a lot to talk about. A lot happens when I take a week off, right, Mike? I, you know it, bud. I, I mean, they confirmed this nut job to the Supreme Court after he yells and screams like a little whiny little you-know-what, which I can't say on the radio. Uh, I didn't have to go to college and get a degree to learn <laughs> the words you're not I just saw a show, a, a guy named George Carlin. He had seven words you're not There you go. Anyway, so... Uh, I take a week off. They confirm Kavanaugh. Uh, They seem to think the conservatives are getting this big bump out of Kavanaugh. But it doesn't seem like it lasted more than a couple of days because the guy won. If they really wanted a bump, they should have convinced a couple of people not to vote for Kavanaugh. Because then the anger would have lasted probably through the election. But I I got news for you. Uh, The Republican base is the Republican base. They show up for dog catcher school board, uh, parks commissioner elections, local elections, midterms, and presidential elections. They show up. You know why? Because they're old and they've got nothing else to do, Mike. They're old and they've got nothing else to do. As for the Democratic Party, their base is a little bit more wishy-washy, okay? They are a little bit more wishy-washy. And uh, they show up when they're moved. They show up when, like, Bill Clinton or Barack Obama is on the ballot. They didn't show up for Hillary Clinton. They weren't inspired by her. They're young. They're, uh, you know, they're people that have to fall in love. And, And that's how the statement goes, right? The Democratic Party falls in love. The Republican Party falls in line. Now, so the Republican enthusiasm numbers have gone up dramatically since the Kavanaugh controversy started. And everybody's saying, oh, no, the Democrats hurt themselves by fighting Kavanaugh. No, 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 no. That is not the case, America. Let me explain something to you. There are more Democrats than there are Republicans. OK, let's start with that. The only reason Republicans win election is when Democrats don't show up. And the Democratic enthusiasm number went up slightly as well during the Kavanaugh thing. And that's good because a 2% rise in Democratic enthusiasm is like a 6% rise in Republican enthusiasm because they're more Democrats than Republicans. And independents, they're also kind of worked up about Trump and they're coming out to vote. So yeah, 30% of America is more enthusiastic, but I got news for you. They were coming out anyway because they come out for everything. Okay, they come. You you see, you go down. Next time there's a school board election, you probably don't even know when it is. Please pay attention, America. Next time there's a school board of election, you go out there and you see who's voting. They're old and they're white and they're there. Okay, they're showing up. Doesn't matter where you live, they're there. Old white people are reliable voters. Young white people are not. Okay, others, people of other races and ethnicities, they don't necessarily show up for these midterms. They're showing up this year. 
They're fired up. They've been fired up since the guy got in office. Look what happened last year. Ask the multitudes of Democrats that won local seats in local elections around this country. Look at all these special elections where the Democrats have overperformed Trump by sometimes as much as 27, 30 points. So if you're out there thinking that, oh, this Kavanaugh thing is going to be great. I got to ask you this question. How many working class and blue collar older white guys are going to you know, carry a torch for the way Brett Kavanaugh was treated 30 days from now. I mean, Brett Kavanaugh probably reminds them more of Ted McGinley's character in Revenge of the Nerds. Remember that guy? Than anybody they know in their real life. I mean, he's a prep school whiny little bee who got angry when somebody didn't automatically give him the Supreme Court seat that his mommy promised him when he was a kid. If you work hard and go to Yale, you'll be on the Supreme Court. Oh, what's the matter? The woman you attempted to rape came forward and talked about it? And believe me, I believe her. And I believe it was him. And a lot of people out there trying to mince words and saying, oh, oh, how could we know for sure it was him? Well, she said 100% she knew it was him. She remembers vividly Brett Kavanaugh and Mark Judge laughing at her. So what? He's going to get all angry and that's all it took to give the Republicans backbone to look. He's on the court now. Congratulations. He's going to be a Supreme Court judge for the rest of our lives. Probably 30 years. Maybe maybe I'll get five years without Brett, 10 years without Brett Kavanaugh. But, but you know, if you're a little bit older than me, he's the last, he's going to be there for the rest of your life. If you're in your 50s, chances are he's going to be there till you're 80, 85. And, uh, you know, because, you know, those Supreme Court guys, Mike, they must get excellent health care. Think about it. <laughs> they don't leave ever. They don't ever leave, and they don't seem to die. I mean, <laughs> Clarence, live Tom- forever. <laughs> Clarence Thomas, I mean, the two of you weren't even born when that guy got confirmed, I don't think. 86. 92. Oh, you were born in 86? Yeah. No, the, 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 the intern here, Joe. Joe, when were you born? 93. 93. 90. Joe had, only, had not been alive yet when this guy was no, confirmed. No, alive. You were not alive. You don't remember the Clarence Thomas hearings. Yeah. But uh, that's the first time a woman came forward and was ignored. And, and guess what? 30 years have passed, and a woman comes forward, and she was ignored. Oh, no, no. We're going to listen to you. We're going to hear what you have to say. And then we're going to ignore all of it. That's what happened two weeks ago, uh, when I, last week, when I was off the air. And that's what I would be talking about uh, if, I was, if this was last week. That's right. We're doing a recap we're of last We're doing a show. recap of what <laughs> you missed <laughs> since I've been gone. Okay, but the talk has been about this Republican wave coming, this Republican wave. It is. It's not coming. Okay, I I just want to be very clear. I know the president's out stumping, talking about the Republican tsunami and how it's all coming. And, oh, I can't wait to see the the looks on the Democrats faces. And, And by the way, he says the Democrat Party, which drives me nuts because there's a Republican. I know there's a Republican war on science and a Republican war on women. But why is there a Republican war on grammar? Can't we at least agree on proper grammar in this country? Have we gone so far? Have the divisions grown so much that we can't even blue book the president's speeches? 
I mean, Brett Kavanaugh went to Yale. Can he at least write him a note saying it's the Democratic Party when you're talking about multiple people? I know it's their, I, I know it's like their insult that they're trying to insult me when they say that. And they're trying to insult Democrats when they say the Democrat Party and not say the Democratic Party. But really what they are is, you know, when we look back on this 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we're going to look back on a bunch of people who seem to not even know grammar. Like they don't understand science and they don't understand grammar. And the president's out there ranting and raving about how the Democrats are violent and that their protests are violent. I'm blown away by this. And I want to know what you think, America. You got to call me. 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039 is my number. If you want to be part of the national conversation tonight, pick up the phone and give me a call. 631-451-1039. A little later on, I got Ellis Hennigan joining me. He will be uh, here. You know, Ellis, he's on the show once a month. He's a great guest, former columnist for Newsday. Uh, Writes a lot of books. He's working on a book right now with Chris Christie believe it or not, which is an odd pairing because Ellis is pretty liberal and Chris Christie's not. But Ellis will be joining me. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. I'm bleeding Twitter followers right now. I don't know why it's driving me crazy. You know, I was was up around 4,500. I'm down to like 4,250 right now. I lost like 250. I think I had bots following me, evil bots. And they were following me. I think they're gone now. So uh, follow me on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn. You can follow me on Instagram, Christopher Hahn NY. I got somebody working with me on social media, so I'm remembering now how to do all this stuff. Christopher Hahn NY is my social media, uh, my, uh, my, my Instagram, uh, sorry, uh, thing. Instagram, Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram. 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation tonight, though. 631-451-1039. And don't forget, catch me tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. I will be on Tucker Carlson Live. And then on Saturday, I'll be back in my regular spot, Justice with Judge Janine. Uh, uh, 9.30 on Fox News, and then Monday I'll be on at 10 o'clock with Laura Ingram. 631-451-1039. Let me go to Dave in Brookhaven. Dave, how you doing? You're on the air. Hey, we're going to be on Tucker tomorrow. That's going to be a rough one, isn't it? It's always um, fun, man. I love going on Tucker. Absolutely. So, um, you know, you were saying that, you know, you hear the, uh, the Democrats, you know, oh, there's a blue wave. Republicans, oh, there's a Republican wave, you know? Who knows what's going to happen? Right. But based on what I would tend to agree, you know, certain people, certain races get enthused and some unenthused. Wouldn't you say that you said there's more Democrats and you would be correct? I'm having a, hey Dave, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Could you call back? We're having a hard time hearing you. I I, I think I think what he was getting at, and I'd like to hear what he had to say. Uh, I'd like to hear his question, but look, the point is this. I've been in politics a long time, and I've worked on a lot of campaigns. I don't admire a lot about the Republican Party. I really don't. Not these days. There used to be a lot of things I admired about him. There used to be a lot of Republicans I admired, personally. I I really did admire John McCain. I I admired George uh, H.W. Bush. I I had a lot of admiration for them. Uh, But their political campaigns tend to be rough. But here's what I always admired. Their base came out year after year after year. It's steady. The Democratic base goes up and it goes down. It goes up and it goes down. And it's really got to be fired up. And nothing fires you up more than anger. 
And the Democratic base has been angry for two years. And they have been dying to take that anger out at the voter in the voting booth. They've been dying to get out there and show Donald Trump that he does not represent them. And there are, look, I right now am predicting a 40-seat pickup for the Democrats in the House of Representatives. If that goes up to 55 or 60 seats, they'll probably also take the Senate. Now, I don't know that they're going to get there because the map is pretty bad. But I do see the enthusiasm on the Democratic side right now. Forget about this whole, oh, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh. I, again, how many prep school Yale lawyers do you know whose parents were a judge and used to spend their summer at country clubs and who kept calendars for some weird reason when they were kids and and kept the calendars? I mean, I had a calendar when I was a kid. My mother would have killed me if I saved my calendars. I mean, who does that? Nobody does that. You know a guy like that? Mike, you know anybody who keeps calendars? <laughs> no, not when I'm 18 at least. Right. That. Like, that's weird. <laughs> and bit. by the way, the, uh, the day he attempted rape on her was on the calendar. The, you know, Squee was there. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and Judge was there. The four of them were having skis. Now, I assume that meant brewskis and they weren't doing coke. Because skis could have been doing coke. A little bit. Nobody asked that question. You know why? And, and I got, look, let me, let me, everybody says you're never rough on the Democrats. Let me be rough on the Democrats right now. Let me be rough on the Democrats for a minute. So Brett Kavanaugh came to that hearing completely unhinged. And not one of those Democratic senators deviated from their prepared remarks and their prepared questions. They should have asked him about how he was unhinged. They should have asked him about, I don't know, the calendar that he brought up that shows that he was with Judge and uh, PJ, all the people she mentioned on a specific day. What happened that day? Who else was there? That was never asked. I don't know. I don't know if the FBI asked it because we are not allowed to see that report, Mike. For some reason, we're not allowed to see it. Now, again, America... I always say this to you. I say it about Donald Trump's tax returns. I say it about secret memos that are out there. If they don't want you to see it, assume the worst about it. Assume everything that would make you upset about it is in it. Otherwise, why wouldn't they just let you see it? FBI spent five days, it seems, interviewed six people. They wrote up a report Nobody's allowed to see it. Why? Senators had to go to a secure room where there was one copy of this report for all 100 senators to read. Now, America, that sounds fishy to me. Now, look, the guys on the Supreme Court, nothing we could do about it. Nothing we could do about it. He's going to be there for the next 35 years at least. And, you know, the way these guys take care of themselves, although he's a big drinker, supposedly. And, you know, big drinkers don't last as long. In the Supreme Court, they do. Yeah, right. They'll give him the special... <laughs> fine. They got the yeah, elixirs yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, they'll figure they it out. They, got a, yeah. they must have a great gym at that Supreme Court. I don't, you know, it must be awesome. They got trainers. They probably have a healthy lunch. You know, it's, they got a whole thing going on. Anyway, 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039. If you want to be part of the national conversation, pick up your phone tonight and call. I am live. I know I'm talking about something that happened two weeks ago. I'm going to talk about Kanye later. I pulled the clip. 
Uh, I'll talk about Kanye later. Uh, but I, I, I do want to just talk about the, the midterm elections because they're 27 days away. And I know the Islanders are going to take at least one show for me between now and then. At huh? least one, yeah. Right. So uh, maybe we'll move to Wednesdays. I don't know. I'm going to work it out with station management. because sure We'll tweet it out. We're, we're going to figure it out. Now. Yeah, check me out on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn. Follow me there. I'll tell you when I'm on. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Christopher Hahn NY. I know it now. There you go. <laughs> I also just started a public figure Facebook page, but I haven't done anything with it yet. So uh, you can you can log on. I haven't I haven't I'll built check it. You out, bud. I haven't built it. I'm going to get it built. It's going to get built. There you go. Uh, but six three one four five one one zero three nine. If you want to be part of the national conversation, it is uh, it is amazing to me. I'm going to really get into this tonight. And I'm going to ask Ellis about it too. This whole theme that the Republicans are going with. Uh, that the Democratic Party is radical, that it's somehow violent, and that it was an angry mob. I mean, this is what Mitch McConnell said. The angry mob didn't stop Rip Kavanaugh. The angry mob. I, I got to think about that for a minute. Um, and, and, and I really want to hear from you, uh, especially if you're a woman. 631-451-1039. Uh, there were women who were confronting senators in the halls of the Capitol and, uh, and the halls of the Senate office buildings that surround the Capitol to say, hey, listen to me, believe me, hear me. What she was saying also happened to me is what these women were saying. How is that an angry mob? How is that violent? Because this is the thing. They can't run on issues. Remember how Paul Ryan said, you know, he's raising all this money for a super PAC because they're going to run on the tax cut. They're going to run on the economy. Why aren't they running on the tax cut in the economy? I'll tell you why. Because it doesn't impact the people they need to vote for them. It impacts the very rich, but it doesn't impact enough people for it to matter in an election. So they're doing what they always do. They're trying to stoke fear. President of the United States going out there saying the Democratic Party is the party of crime. They're not the party of crime. That's nonsense. He knows it's nonsense. The Democratic Party is going to impeach me. You better help me. Well, I mean, I know there are a lot of people in the Democratic Party that do want to impeach Donald Trump. That is true. But the leadership of the Democratic Party is smart enough to know they saw what happened to Bill Clinton. It won't make Donald Trump go away. It'll make him stronger. And they better not do it. The Democratic Party's an angry mob of socialist women that want to turn this, get rid of capitalism and install mob rule. I mean, that is just nonsense. Now, I, I mean, I'm not that old. But I remember 2010. I remember the Tea Party. I remember these guys going to meetings and shouting down members of Congress and getting in their face. And I remember Sean Hannity doing like, you know, seven shows in a row about how patriotic these people are. The tea baggers. That's what Sean used to call them, by the way, not just me. So I, I don't know. I mean, when their side does it, it's patriotism. When the Democrats do it, it, it's an angry mob. Well, look, look, anger motivates voters. There is no doubt. Fear also motivates voters. But the Republican parties have been, have, those voters have been living in fear for the last 
25 years because they don't have any issues to run on. They run on fear. They put out ads about MS-13 as if it's coming to Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Give me a break. It's not happening. And that's their thing. They can't compete with issues, so they're going to try to scare you. It's not going to work this year. All right, 631-451-1039 is the number. 631-451-1039. I'll be right back. You're listening to The Chris Hodge Show. Chris Han Show. All right, I'm back and I'm live, and I am taking your calls at 631 451 1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation. Pick up the phone and give me a call. I'm also doing this for the first time, a little Twitter live at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. So if you're not hearing me on the radio, hopefully you hear me. Uh, I've got the thing plugged into my iPhone. It should be going right through, right to you. So if you can't hear me, let me know. 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to be part of the national conversation. Let's talk about what's going on uh, in these campaigns right now. Let's just talk for a minute, America. And I got I to gotta understand this whole theme that the president seems to be pushing with his base and by the way, uh, he pushed it with his base as the hurricane was hitting last night. The president was not in the situation room on the phone with the governor of Florida. No, the, the, the president was out rallying the base, the angry base. You want to talk about an angry mob? The president was out rallying his base last night while a hurricane, a category four hurricane was ravaging the state of Florida. And he was out throwing red meat to his base while that hurricane, Hurricane Michael, by the way, not Mike Biddleman, Hurricane Michael, Mike B on the other side of the glass there. Uh, while that hurricane was ravaging Florida, the president was out there talking about how the opposition party uh, is too violent to govern. Now, America, you know me. I'm a lover, not a fighter. OK, I, I, I've had the last couple of weeks, a lot of people on Twitter uh, have been suggesting that I fight my friend Dan Bongino, who I love. Uh, you know, uh, Dan's a good friend of mine. I don't agree with anything Dan says about politics. We have a lot of differences of opinion, but Dan's a friend. And, you know, if, if we can make some money from chat for charity, uh, I'll road race him. I mean, Dan, Dan was a New York city police officer and a secret service agent. He is a trained fighter. Uh, I kicked field goals in college. <laughs> I mean, I had a lot of big friends who used to end fights for me, but I, I haven't been in a fist fight since I was in ninth grade, and that was a long, long time ago. Uh, 631-451-1039, if you want to be part of the national conversation, don't be afraid. Uh, pick up the phone and give me a call wherever you are. 631-451-1039 is the number if you want to be, uh, if you want to be part of the national conversation. 631-451-1039. At Christopher Hunt on Twitter, I'm doing a little Twitter live experiment right now. Maybe I'll do a Facebook live experiment uh, other half of the show. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, six, three, one, four, five, one, one, oh, three, nine is the number, but the president had this meme going last night that the Democrats are too violent to govern because I don't know a few women 
uh, were protesting at the Supreme Court uh, when Brett Kavanaugh got confirmed. The few women were protesting in the halls of the Senate. I- I'm sorry, America. I Look, I'm all for civility. I believe in civility. I disagree with what Hillary said about uh, you know not being civil. I'm more in the Michelle Obama camp. When they go low, we go high. But I'm also for peaceful protest and uh, civil disobedience as long as you're not hurting anybody. And I'm sorry, uh, Mitch McConnell called these women an angry mob, women who wanted to be heard because there was a woman with credible allegations against a man who was about to be appointed to a job he will not be accountable to anyone for the next 35 years. I don't know how that is wrong. I don't know how that is an angry mob. So maybe you could tell me what I'm missing. You don't have to agree with me to uh, pick up the phone and call me. 631-451-1039. I want to know what you think. Don't forget to catch me tomorrow night on Tucker, 8 o'clock. Saturday night, 9.30, I'll be on with Justice with Judge Janine Pirro on the Fox News Channel. And then Monday, I'll be on with my good friend, Laura Ingram, 10 o'clock. Uh, it seems to be my regular spot. So a lot of people were saying to me, hey, Chris, uh, you, skipped, uh, you skipped the judge last week, Judge Janine, after Kavanaugh got confirmed. Were you ducking her? Guys, I have a life. Okay, I got other things to do once in a while on a Saturday night. Last Saturday, I had to go to a soccer tournament in Maryland with my 11-year-old, okay? First game was against another team from Long Island, so I don't know why we didn't play that game here on the island, but I get it. The kids had a blast running around the hotel having a good time. Down in Rockville, Maryland, uh, the Discovery Cup. It was awesome. Very well uh, very well organized uh, 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 tournament. I want to thank everybody there, uh, making me feel welcome, making my family feel welcome, making uh, my daughter and her team feel welcome. 631 451 1039 is the number if you want to be part of the national conversation. 631 451 1039. I was not ducking Janine Pirro, and I, I tweeted about it. I said, Hey, sorry, this was planned like in July. I didn't know that the Brett Kavanaugh thing would keep going forever. Uh, but it was planned and we had a, we had a good time down there. So six, three, one, four, five, one, one, oh, three, nine is my number. Let me go to my good friend, Terry from Patchogue. You're on the air, Terry. How you doing? Oh, I don't know if I want to get involved with all this, but I'm, I'm make, I'm a female. You need females to call. I do. I want to know what you think. Oh, okay. Tell me. Come on. I'm thinking my thought, my thought. Okay. 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 Yeah. All right, this woman was so traumatized, she went and said hello to this guy at the supermarket. That annoyed me. She said hello it, to Mark Judge, who she didn't know at, if he was trying to save her or trying to hurt her. But she said hello to him first, and he, he got all white Terry, in the face. And all Terry, that. we've had this conversation on the air. I don't know about you, no, but I've had, it, I've had no, it with, I've had it with people on the air. I've had this conversation with a few women, because I asked that same question. And women who are assaulted in this way are traumatized by it. And sometimes that trauma takes some time. They bury that trauma because they don't want to acknowledge it. And they start telling them, as Dr. Ford said in her testimony, they say, well, he didn't rape me. So let me try to put it behind me. And, and it, it, maybe it wasn't so bad. So maybe that was part of what was going on there. I wouldn't discount everything she says because she, um, you know, because she, she saw this guy in the, in, in the supermarket. Okay, and what happened to best friend? 
What best the friend? Best friend. Her, her best, best friend, friend did not say this didn't happen. Her best friend did not say it didn't happen. Her best friend said she has no recollection of of the event. Uh, it was okay, thirty. So the, the, she wasn't. Her, you know, if somebody had a, her hand, had the hand over her face, she wouldn't tell the best friend. Oh my God, that guy. I, did Terry, that I think she was traumatized. But let's get to the point I'm talking about tonight. Uh, you know, oh. the president out there <laughs> talking about the angry mob. Well, they were chasing crews at the damn restaurant. Come well, on. Well, I, look, I said, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Let the guy eat. And clearly, Ted yes, Cruz and, and, and Terry, 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 Terry. We've arrested. both seen we've both seen Ted Cruz. He hasn't missed many meals. It's not like he starved that night. Okay. And oh, by the way, man of the people, Ted Cruz at a restaurant that you know two people about a thousand dollar bill uh, for that restaurant. But yeah, I, I'm not for people protesting Ted Cruz or anybody else when they're out to eat. I'm okay, not for some that. Of your Democratic friends. Oh, Democrat or Democratic, whatever is the proper way to say it. <laughs> you got to use the when, right grammar, Terry. No war on when, grammar. When Trump said Democrat, I would thought of you immediately. Because <laughs> you gave some guy from Sayville a hard time about two years it's ago. It's the war on grammar. It drives me nuts. All right. Very good. So, That's it. <laughs> all right, Terry, we love you. Thanks for calling. Okay, 631-451-1039 is my number. You can also tweet at me, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. I'm not watching my Twitter feed right now because I've got my... Twitter thing up. I'm doing the whole uh, Twitter live thing, trying to get some people to follow me. 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation. But uh, look, I believe in peaceful protest. I do not believe in attacking people while they eat dinner. I'm not for that. But I I have a hard time where where the president goes out there and, and he's calling the Democrats the angry mob. And then he starts talking about Dianne Feinstein. And the crowd starts chanting, lock her up because of the leak of uh, Professor Ford's letter. Look, America, I have thought, and I might have even said this on the air, suspect number one for the leaking of Dr. Ford's letter is the president of the United States himself. Okay? Because at the end of the day, they got their judge and they worked up their base. By the way, my camera keeps falling. Like I have to, if I'm going to be doing these lives, I got to get some sort of stand or something. I don't know. This is an experiment, America, an experiment. I hope it's working. I hope you're listening. And I hope if you don't, didn't hear the whole show, you didn't hear the first hour, check out the podcast. Okay. I'll tweet about it later on. Check out the podcast, the Chris Hancho podcast. Um, but it is, it, it, you know, the president going out while a hurricane is bearing down on Florida, pretty important state electorally, by the way, with two very important elections going on, governor and U.S. senator. They're both razor-thin mar- margins. And the president of the United States, he's not sitting in a situation room worried about Florida. He's out throwing red meat to the base at a rally. Oh, the plans were made for the rally. Now, this is the same president that in 2012... One week after Sandy, President Obama resumed his presidential campaign, which was going to happen later that week. One week after Sandy, Trump, the same guy, criticized Obama for campaigning while people were still recovering from Sandy. This guy was campaigning while the hurricane was hitting Florida. How is that okay? How is that okay? I, I, I want to know, America, what you think. I want to know if you think that that was okay. I don't think it was okay. 
I don't think it was okay at all. I, I, I think it was the most unpresidential thing this president has done. And he's done a lot of unpresidential things. He was out there, and it's one thing to go give a pre-planned speech. He was out there being a partisan hack while a hurricane was bearing down on a state. While it was happening, a Category 4. Oh, but it was planned. It was planned already. We have to keep it up. We had all these people waiting, and they waited overnight, some of these people. You know, you got to have empathy to be president. You got to be able to prioritize to be president. This man prioritizes himself and has empathy for no one. Prioritizes himself and has empathy for no one. I I can't think of another president who would have, at that hour, while that, that was still a Category 2 hurricane in the state, ripping people's lives apart, who failed to evacuate because the storm came on so quickly and it was supposed to hit as a Category 2 and it, it became a Category 4, almost a Category 5. Unprecedented for October. He's out there throwing red meat to the, to the base. I wonder why he didn't talk about climate change last night at the, the great Trump rally. I wonder why he didn't talk about climate change. I, I, I mean, the UN last week put out a devastating report on climate change that says that we are basically doomed because what needs to happen is not going to happen. I mean, even if we really wanted it to happen, which I do, uh, it would be pretty hard to happen because we would have to turn on a dime. So that means 10, 20 years from now, we are going to have unprecedented crises, especially in the tropics. And we're going to see mass migrations. And uh, yeah, we're not prepared for it. You think that the refugee crisis is bad now with Syria, one nation having this issue with a war-torn nation. You wait until everyone between the Tropic of Cancer and Tropic of Capricorn are looking for a new place to live. You wait to see what happens there. The unrest that will occur will be devastating to the global economy, will be devastating to the world order. It will be horrific. And there is really only one major party on the planet in any country that doesn't believe climate change is real. And that's the party that's governing this country right now. They are the only party on the planet I mean, Putin's party believes in, in climate change. China, North Korea, they all believe in climate change. The only climate change denying party in the world is Donald Trump's Republican Party. That's it. And we're having category four storms. Category four storms in October. And the president going out and giving rallies during it and ignoring both that storm and the climate change that is making these storms far too common in this country and on this planet. That was a 100-year storm, and it was the third one we had this year. So think about that for a minute, America. I mean, how... Look, I know a lot of you out there like Donald Trump. I know a lot of you, I'm on conservative stations across this country. I know you like 
Donald Trump. But do you trust Donald Trump? Do you think Donald Trump should be left alone to his own devices? Or do you think Donald Trump should have a proper check the way the founders intended it? Checks and balances. The supremacy of Article 1, the congressional branch of our government. Article 1 is the Congress. Article 2 is the presidency. Article 3 is the courts. Co-equal branches, America. Do you think that we have checks and balances? A lot of people tweeting at me, by the way. Not, none of the Twitter people calling in, but a lot of tweets coming up here. It's kind of cool. 631-451-1039. Tweeters, you know, you know you're, the phone you're tweeting from has a function. You could dial 631-451-1039. I'll take your call. You don't have to agree with me. It's fine. Um, do you think that this president should have a check? Somebody who is watching the president to make sure that we maintain law and order in this country, that he doesn't violate norms in this country, that he is not just doing what he wants and ignoring custom and tradition. I think it'd be good for this president if the Congress turns democratic. I think it would moderate him. Frankly, I think it's the only way he's going to get reelected. Although I think that if the Democrats play their cards right, he won't even run for re-election. So I believe in checks and balances. I believe that our founders were geniuses and they created this system for a reason. And I believe they anticipated a president like Donald Trump. They did not anticipate a Congress like the one being headed by Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. They did not. 631-451-1039. 631-451-1039. Let me go to Brian in Waiting River. Brian, you're on the air. Hey, Chris. How you doing? I'm doing great, Brian. Thanks for calling. Thanks. Thanks for taking my call. So I'm a farmer, and uh, I both agree and disagree with what you're saying. Okay, go ahead. I, I, to- I totally agree. The climate is changing. I mean, we've seen it. We're seeing absolutely more frequent, more intense storms. More rainfall. It's affecting our business. It right. will affect your food. It will affect your food prices. Question is, what is the best way to, you know, to act on this information? Right. Right. So this 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 report that was issued, you know, like you said, we would have to turn on a dime to to mitigate the effects. Absolutely. Of what's going on here. We should have turned on a dime twenty years ago. You know, I. I, I I feel the same way, but is that really feasible? Well, Brian, here's my thought, you know, and, and, and I thought that first thing initially, and then I said to myself, you know, we used to have a hole in the ozone layer and scientists figured out how to close it and what we had to eliminate to close it. We right. used to see the moon and the stars in the sky and say, how are we ever going to get there? And now we've sent men to the moon. I, I yeah. think that... Uh, Innovation and particularly American innovation is a great thing. And I believe that we have some of the brightest minds in the world here in the United States and around the world. This is not just an American problem. It's a global problem. And I think that if the world community, uh, you know, treats this like the moonshot, how are we going to solve this problem? I think we can. I think we could solve any problem 
Uh, and I, I, I think that, uh, that we first have to, in this country particularly, we first have to acknowledge the problem. There's too many yeah. people wishing to say there's no problem, but there's a problem. And, and, and the biggest problem I have with our country is that the president and many of the people who support the president won't even acknowledge the problem. And we're going to now yeah. waste two more years at least just ignoring the problem and not trying to get a solution. We've got to start working on the solution, Brian. That's, that's my point. I, I agree with you. Um, I, I am someone who supports the president, and I acknowledge the problem. Well, there you go. Well, you got to call him because he's not listening to me. I mean, I say it on TV. <laughs> I try to give him advice when I'm on with the, you know, with a, look, I know he watches the shows I'm on, and I try to give the yeah. guy advice. And uh, I, don't always, I don't always hit the president. I think I'm fair to the president. I disagree with the president, but I think I'm fair to him. And, uh, uh, you know, he doesn't take my advice. Maybe he'll take yours, Brian. Thanks for calling. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. 631-451-1039 is the number. And look, that's the thing. I mean, Brian's a farmer. He sees the effect of climate change right firsthand. I mean, look, it's, and it was 75 degrees today. It's October 11th. I mean, mean, you have some weird days like that. But I don't know. All right, guys, 631-451-1039. I'll take your calls in about a half an hour because I got Ellis Hennigan joining me on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Chris Hahn Show. Keep it where it's at. Chris Hahn Show. All right, I'm back. I'm live. I'll take your calls at the bottom of the hour at 631-451-1039. Don't forget to catch me tomorrow night on Tucker. Uh, Saturday night on Piro and uh, Monday on Laura Ingram. And don't forget to follow me at Christopher Hahn on Twitter and Christopher Hahn NY on Instagram. I've got a Facebook thing going, but it's nothing to look at yet. So we'll figure that out later. Join me right now. Good friend of the show. Good friend of mine. One of the smartest men in politics at Ellis at Hennigan on Twitter. Ellis Hennigan. He is an author, a former columnist at Newsday uh, writes. I mean, you're just a prolific writer, right? I mean, that's that's your thing. Well, when you have no other marketable skills, Christopher, it's, uh, you know, we do our best here, right? We do our best is exactly right. You and me both. (laughs) He's working on a book that I can't wait to read uh, with Chris Christie. Um, you know, I, I, I've been quoting Chris Christie all day because people have been saying, you know, they've been, they've been criticizing me for criticizing the president for holding a political rally while the hurricane was ravaging Florida. I mean, like literally while it was still a hurricane, he's in Pennsylvania, uh, you know, cause he needed to feel good about himself. That's really all I could think about. Cause he's just a miserable human being. Um, yeah, you, know, it's you, you mentioned Christie though. It, it, the, the image there, I think it's really, was one of his finest hours. Absolutely. He needed to. You know, he decided that the people of New Jersey came before presidential politics. He got huge grief about it. But if folks don't remember, right in the days after Sandy, which was right before the election, Barack Obama came to New Jersey and was greeted by Chris Christie. And uh, 
It upset a lot of people, but the president was doing his job and Christie was doing his job. And, you know, the funny, the, the thing I've been pointing out to everybody, the president of the United States criticized Barack Obama when he was president in 2012, when he got back on the campaign trail one week after Sandy, he didn't campaign for an entire week. And he got back on the campaign trail with like four or five days left in the election. This guy doesn't have an election for two more years. He's at a campaign rally. It's, it's, it's <laughs> while the 155 miles while it's happening, sweeping through Panama City, what used to be Panama City, Florida. I went there on spring break twice. In the 90s, Panama City, Florida. You know what? I, you probably did as much. You and your friends probably did almost as much damage as, as I, Hurricane I, We definitely yeah. did a lot of damage, but uh, we also spent every dime we had there for, for two years in a row. It was, uh, we saved now, for that did trip. You see, by the way, did you see high schooler Kavanaugh and his friends on Beach Week down there? High schooler Kavanaugh is uh, considerably older than high schooler Chris Hahn was. <laughs> he was probably at that point uh, law school Kavanaugh when I was. Uh, well, now, let me wait, you know, let me ask you this. I know you and I are bouncing all over the map, which we do tend to do with both of us short yep. fans. But, but when you were in high school, this is high school we're talking about, right? Not college spring break. We're talking about Beach Week for high schoolers. Yeah. Right? Did you? Did you and your friends in high school get a beach house for the no. Let me tell you, <laughs> we did not do that at Jesuit High School in New Orleans. We did not do that at Center Reach High School here on Long Island. I will tell you that. And that's why I keep saying, I, I, I'll say it again. I'll say it again, Ellis. I find it hard to believe that blue collar men are going to hold a torch for this guy for any longer. I mean, he reminds them of like some jerk they hated. I mean, he's not, he, you know, he was a prep school guy who probably had a Porsche when he was in high school and got beach week and everything else uh, and kept a calendar for some weird reason. I find it hard to believe that anybody knows a guy like that. He's more like Ted McKinley in Revenge of the Nerds. He's not, he is not a real person to most Americans. Right. These are the guys who would not let you sit at their table in the cafeteria. Right. This is exactly who he was. He was the guy who wouldn't study with you when you were in college. He's the guy who, you know, he's the guy who, who literally, you're right, wouldn't let you come to his party. Wouldn't let you sit at his table. And by the way, there are a lot of women out there that know guys like that who probably did inappropriate things to them, too. And I've learned that a lot the last couple of weeks from a lot of women I've known who have who've come out and, and told stories very similar to what happened to her. So, uh, you know, for all the anger on the right over Kavanaugh nonsense that's going around, uh, there's a lot of anger on the left, too. Now, look, I'll take it a little personally. Let me describe to you my high school so, so he went to Georgetown Prep, yep. right, which is the Jesuit all boys high school in the Washington suburbs, affiliated yep. loosely with Georgetown University. Now, mm-hmm. the high school that I went to was also an all boys Jesuit Catholic high school in New Orleans, where I grew up, which is, a, as you know, a very Catholic city. Yep, we called called Jesuit high school. It was called Jesuit high school, and I swear to you, it was the same place. Uh, I, I mean, you know, they were they were eight hundred to nine hundred miles apart, but. Basically, the same place. And it was academically good. It fostered in the kids a sort of a cockiness and a sense of self-confidence that I think, by and large, serves you well in life. Right. But it also, but it also had a sense of entitlement. The fact that it was all boys, 
produced a certain kind of culture. I mean, I laugh at, you know, it still kind of messed me up, I think, you know, going to a, yeah. a, a school. That would have completely messed girl. me up. I wouldn't have known what to do with myself all day. But, but, but I'll tell you, and I say it jokingly, but, but, but not entirely jokingly. In that kind of environment, right, where you're not in school every day with girls, and so it, it creates a kind of a different relationship. So you don't see them every day. But when you do see them, it's in a it, it's a much kind of I don't know keyed up situation. And I do think one of the results of that is that sometimes guys who are in that environment don't always respond very right. maturely or naturally around. Girls. And maybe and they behave really a little be. bit aggressively, like they would with their male friends. Right. It really might explain. No, listen, you can't explain everything. There are no simple answers to this stuff. And, you know, people get raised in the same environment. They turn out differently. Right. But I will tell you, when I, the more I learned as the Kavanaugh story was unfolding, the more it really did sound very familiar to me. And I swear, I really do think that was part of the environment that I grew up in. Yeah, yeah. It's intense. That was an intense couple of weeks. I hated being off last week. Uh, both from radio and TV and people, I, I was on TV earlier in the week, but not at the end of the week. Cause I had to go to a soccer mm-hmm. tournament and everybody's like, Oh, you're ducking out. You're ducking out. I'm like, no, I, have, I, have, a, I have a life outside of my media persona. <laughs> you know, well, it's, it's a, uh, it, it was tough being off that week. So, so what are we, what are we supposed to think is the, is the lasting fallout? I mean, obviously the biggest one is that for the next uh, uh, three decades, uh, we have a man who's going to likely stay on the Supreme Court. He's going to have a big impact on the legal system going forward. But but let's let's get immediate for a second. What is this going to do to the midterms? I think it does nothing to the midterms. I think it. Look, the Democratic base was already fired up. Uh, nothing could fire them up more. Uh, the Republican base is the Republican base, Ellis. They come out for dog catcher. They come out for school boards. They come out for county legislators. They come out. It's what they do. They've got nothing else to do. So they come out to every election. I've always admired that about Republicans. Their base shows up. They, they know they're going to come out. In fact, you know, President Trump won, got less votes than Romney, I think, in Wisconsin and won Wisconsin because the Democratic base didn't show up. More Democrats voted in the primary in Michigan than voted in the general election because they weren't inspired. The Democrats fall in love. Republicans fall in line. And right now, the Democrats are angry. They're angry at Trump. And they're coming out. They think he's a racist misogynist. And they might not be wrong. And they're coming out. They're mad. So so let's assume for this conversation that you're right about the Democratic side of that. You know, And it is motivated largely by Trump, who is such a large character that his shadow is cast upon everything. Right. But let's look at the, but let's look at the Republican side of that equation. And, and I will tell you, there are an awful lot of Republican political people who think you're wrong about that. And let's, let, let, let's unpack what they're saying and see if we can All right. tease, it up, tease it out just a little bit. Right? They would say that until Kavanaugh, that there wasn't any single thing for that base to rally around. You're right. I mean, the kind of people who show up at a rally uh, in, in, in Pennsylvania. They show up. Or, you know, they're going to show up. But, but, but for normal Republican voters, they weren't very fired up. They weren't that excited about their local congressman. And this, for better or worse, 
did create a villain, the, that, that so-called Democratic mob. It right. did create a narrative. Oh, you're picking on this guy for something he did back in high school. Or he, doesn't he have a, a, a right to be assumed to be innocent? You know, now, you and I might think some of those arguments are kind of phony, but someone who's inclined to believe them, Chris, it does give them a reason to rally around, doesn't it? I mean, I guess. I mean, are they going to rally around them after he already won? And well, I, I mean, yeah. and if you're really yeah. that invested in this in the Supreme Court, aren't you voting anyway? I mean, that's the, you know, I, I I would think that if the Supreme Court is a reason you vote, anything about the Supreme Court, you vote yeah. in every election. You know, because the Supreme Court is so in the weeds for most Americans. I mean, I know you and I talk about it all the time. It's very important. We know that. But most Americans never think about the Supreme Court. They couldn't name all nine justices. They might not even be able to name more than two or three, if that. So the yeah, thing here's what's more important too, though, is is Republicans. It's the one thing you can hate Trump. Yeah. Right? You can think Trump's an idiot. He's embarrassing. He's a jerk. He's you know, saying stupid stuff, but, uh, he, uh, but you know, he's getting those people on the Supreme Court. He and Mitch are doing their job of getting them on there, and an awful lot of Republicans, I think, are willing to hold their nose. Yeah. Say, well, well that, might, that might work in the Senate, but it ain't going to work in the House. And I, by the way, yeah. I also think that, look, I'm watching this Ted Cruz, Beto O'Rourke campaign. Uh-huh. And I know really you're probably watching it very closely as well. Cause very interesting. Very interesting. It reminds me, you know what it reminds me of? Trump Clinton and Beto is Trump because I don't know how anybody gets excited about Ted Cruz. Nobody mm-hmm. gets excited about Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke shows up and there's 40,000 people screaming his name. <laughs> so, so how is that a loss? Now then there's polls and every, every regular poll that's taken has Ted Cruz up. And then the internet does a poll and Beto's up by nine points. So I wonder what's going on in Texas because it's, it looks a lot like the Trump Clinton campaign to me. It just looks a lot like it. Yeah. Now you're feeling more optimistic than I am. Maybe I'm just a darker presence. Well, I, you're, you, you know, know, you know, you have uh, more experience and have been let down. I mean, look, I, I've, I, I've, been, <laughs> I've been battered. I've been <laughs> I, I, I mean, you, you remember campaigns that I don't, right? I mean, at least one. I mean, you probably well, remember. Let me, the, let me, okay. 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 So let me, again, I'm the voice of doom here tonight. Yeah. Apparently. This is not, this is not a role I chose. I mean, my I'll, first I'll campaign, my first presidential campaign that I worked on was when I was 19 and I worked on Clinton 92. Okay, okay, so that's as far back as my campaign memory goes. <laughs> well, believe me, I have, I have bruises that are older than that. Right. But, okay, okay, but let, let me get you back to text. Okay, so here's, the, here's what I would, I would the, the darker side of me would warn you. Yes, certainly the enthusiasm is on that side. You know, Beto is, a, is an appealing character. Ted Cruz is, is just fundamentally unlikable. Right. He has a point. Did you see that ad, by the way? Oh, my God. It was uh, devastating. Uh, Toughest Texas. What? I love that ad. <laughs> it's one of the, it was the best ad of the season. I, I I, it's one of the best negative ads I've ever seen in my life. I love it. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, 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 but here. And, and, by the way, and you know what else makes that ad great? It's 100% true. Like, yeah, there's not a right, single right, lie in that ad, and it's all true. And this guy's out there saying he's tough. How does Ted Cruz pick that as his slogan? I'm tough as Texas. You're not tough as anything. He's right, like a exactly. doughy. The guy calls her. 
Right, he calls your wife a dog. He says your ma, your dad was involved yeah. in the Kennedy assassination, and now you're you know you're licking his behind. Right, the Texas. Right, but 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 it may still be true, right? The demographic. I understand the demographic argument. Texas is getting you know bluer, more Latino. Austin is growing. The university, all that stuff. Yeah, but it's still kind of on balance or red. It is without a doubt on balance a red state, especially given its very restrictive voting laws. Yeah, and you know what? There's a for every you know tech job in Austin, there are an awful lot of oil service guys in Houston and you know and folks in Dallas and all those little places. Between yeah, them. it's a big place, and you know if Dems could 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 turn that over, it would be. A, I mean, it would be an amazing victory. It would Ten be, years from now, it'll be easy, but it's still tough, I think. Yeah, I mean, look, I think he's a great candidate. And I think he's, uh, I look, I, I'm not counting that guy out. Um, no. I mean, no, I, I look I at these polls and I'm a little, obviously, you know, we had some moments where it was very tight. And then Ted got a nine-point poll, and his latest poll is six points. Yeah. So that's a good trend, but I, I just see these crowds and I just say to myself, God, I mean, uh, Hillary had polls mm-hmm. where she was up six points and she lost. Yeah. And yeah, it's, that's true. It, it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, you, Ted Cruz can't get 30 people to show up for him. So what? No, nobody likes him. Right. Even people who like him don't like People him. don't that's like true. him. And maybe there's like a little bit of the reverse Wilder effect going on there. They don't want to, they don't want to tell people they're voting for a Democrat. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on in Texas, but I, I think we might be surprised. I, I think there's going to be. I think there's going to be surprises this election season. I think there's yeah. going to be Democrats that get elected that we're not expecting to win. Um, yeah. And I think Texas could be the place where that happens. I, I, I'm hoping, but let's see. Hopefully, I'm hopefully I'm right. Yep. Hopefully, I'm right. So, I mean, I, I, let's just go back though to this whole Trump hurricane rally situation. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think it's the most unpresidential thing this man has done. And I think that that tape will, will run over and over and over again, split screen of what's going on in Panama city with Trump in Florida in 2020. It would be all well, I would run in Florida in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is to me, it's a horrible thing. It's a character point. It's something that, you know, at the very least, even if you don't really care, you got to give a show for a couple of days. Yeah. Some kind of concern. Because, you know, one of the things that he's worst at is that consoler in chief role, that yeah. idea of expressing any kind of genuine human concern for somebody, you know, who something bad has happened to. It's right. one of the biggest jobs of being president. And it's just, and when he does it, it's just painfully reading the script and it sounds so flat. Yeah. And it's, so clearly insincere. Yeah. I just don't think he has it inside him. I don't think so either. And I think that that's a, a major flaw. And it's such a character flaw that it, it drives me nuts that mm-hmm. there are still good people out there that think that this is okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't think all these people that vote for him are deplorable. I don't. I think there's a lot of good people who vote for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I talk to them on the air. I talk to them at Fox. But how is that Okay. Yeah, it's it is a disconnect between the humanity of the leader and the leader himself. I mean, I guess what explains it is that there is a great degree of cynicism out there about the kind of people who are political leaders. I mean, folks look at all of them and say, you know, they're all a bunch of phones. They're all a bunch of 
automatons. They're all these uh, uh, poll-driven, focus group tested, consultant created, you know, issue plucked people. And that you know, yeah, he's bad, but you know, they're all bad. I right. think that's got to be the that's the emotional core of it. I think it's just a broader citizen. Yeah, a very broad system. All right, talking about cynicism, I got about two minutes left with you. Let's just briefly talk about Kanye today. Mm-hmm. I, I need your nuts. thoughts on it. I mean, it, it's first of all, the guy spoke for ten minutes. It's almost like he had his own radio show, and he's just you know, yeah. he, now giving giving credit for one thing. He did make Donald Trump sit there quietly for ten minutes. He barely said a peep the entire time. Right. But but it was bonkers. I mean, some of it was just rah rah suck up. Right. This hat makes me feel like Superman. But some of it. I got to go back and listen to it again. But some of it was just crap about the parallel universes. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, it was like Martian talk or something. What, what, what was all that? I, I don't, I don't know. And I, I mean, is it something that you do you think Kanye is going to have a political impact this year? I mean, uh, his support. I mean, Kanye's got what twenty five million followers on Twitter. Do you think that Kanye's presence involved with the president? is impactful in any way. No, I don't think, I cannot imagine that there are many people who are making voting decisions based on the comments of Kanye. Now, he's famous, and he does have a, you know, a fan base. And yeah. He's got talent, and he's got talent in his industry. There's no... No, no doubt. No doubt. But you could not, because you couldn't listen to him for 30 seconds and think, wow, this is a guy whose political insights I want to follow, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I mean, a guy like Kanye, with so much talent... We put himself in that position. All right, I got like I have less than a minute with you. Where are you going to be? What do you want people to know? I mean, I'm just working, man. You know, I got seen in a couple times over the weekend. I'm finishing the Chris Christie book, and I'm getting started on another uh, on another book that's a total non political thing. We'll talk about some. Oh, very good. I can't wait for that but, one. Uh, I can't wait. When's, yeah, the Chris, yeah, when's the Christie book coming out? Christie book comes out in January. We're just finishing the copy edits right now, so it's basically you know doing the final tweaks on it. Let me finish. Nice. It's called, and it's a tons of really interesting stuff. So will Bannon and Jared and all that? Will he still be friends with Donald Trump after this book comes out? That's you know Donald's going to have to decide that. Oh, there is some really interesting inside portraits and i don't want to go much further than that. <laughs> that is a great but, answer from a man who sold a lot of books in his day ellis hennigan at hennigan on twitter great guest taking your calls on the side of the break 631-451-1039 keep it where it's at You can't ignore the truth forever, so listen up. The Chris Hahn Show. Hey. Yeah. Boys. Yeah. Oh. All right, I'm live, and I am taking your calls at 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation. Pick up the phone and give me a call, 631-451-1039. All right, so um, I don't know if I should talk about Kanye or I should talk about the Yankees and how disappointed I was. I'm going to say something bad if I talk about the Yankees. Are you going to say something bad if I talk about the Yankees? Yeah, I'm, I got a short fuse tonight. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know if I should talk about the Yankees. I, maybe I should start with Kanye and then I'll, oh, you know, because oh. you know, Kanye... Uh, you know, Ellis hit on it a little bit uh, earlier. And, and by the way, don't forget, you can watch me on 
Twitter live right now at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Uh, you could also watch me on television tomorrow night. I'll be on Fox News at eight o'clock. I'll shave. For those of you watching me on Twitter complaining that I haven't shaved today, uh, I will shave tomorrow. I promise. Um, and um, uh, I'll be on Tucker tomorrow at eight. I'll be on Judge Dean tomorrow, uh, to Saturday night at nine thirty, and I will be on. Laura Ingram at 10 o'clock on Monday, all three pretty much my regular spots when I normally could be found on TV. Um, but let's start with Kanye, Mike. Um, I made you pull the clip. I mean, we, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot, a lot to, to I digest. listened to the first 30 seconds and I was like, okay, here we go. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, was, it, it was a sight to be seen, okay, America. First of all, Kanye, uh, you're being used by the president. I don't know if it helped him today. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think Ellis probably hit the nail on the head. I don't think a lot of people are going to take their political advice from Kanye. I think Kanye is a musical genius. Uh, I think he's written a lot of great stuff. Uh, but I think politically, uh, he's... Look, I don't want to make fun of him because I feel like I'm making fun of a guy who's doing a, having a breakdown uh, in front of the entire nation. Am I right to think that? I, I don't know. Yeah, you are, but you know he also has his beliefs and his convictions. And right. I mean, he's, a, he's he, he's certifiable in <laughs> at times. Yes. Well, you know what? Let's play with this clip a little bit. I, I hopefully they could hear this over Twitter. If you can't, you know what I'm talking about. You saw this. We've all seen this, right? right ready? So uh, go ahead. Let's see. I think it's the bravery that helps you beat this game called life. You know, they tried to scare me to not wear this hat. My own. Now friend. stop right there. Who tried to scare him to not wear the hat? His peers. He said the whole thing with Saturday Night Live that people were bullying him. And Come on. Come on. It is a very one-way show. Yeah. And it is a really ugly hat. Let's be clear. I mean, it's an ugly, cheap hat. There's a picture of Kanye going around wearing a... (laughs) I saw it. Wearing the Superman suit with the hat and everything on. Oh, no. Yeah, keep playing this. Let's keep playing this. But this hat, it gives me, it gives me power in a way. It was something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman. You made a Superman. That was, that's my favorite superhero. Stop, stop right there. Yeah. He's definitely freer when he wears that hat because, you know, nobody wants to talk to him now. Right. (laughs) He's like, nobody's saying, hey, is that Kanye West? Oh, that can't be Kanye West. Right. That can't be Kanye West wearing a MAGA hat. Like, nobody recognizes him when he wears He puts that hat on. He, he shouldn't call himself Superman. He, he calls Kent. himself Mr. Invisible. He's Clark Kent when he wears a hat. Right. He's Clark Kent. He's in disguise. He Kanye, you know? He's in disguise when he wears that hat. Because people see, they see him wearing that hat, and they're like, is that Kanye? That guy kind of looks like, that's not Kanye. I'm not going to walk up to him and say, you know you, who you look like? You look like Kanye. It's not. <laughs> yeah, keep playing. Man, Kate, for me, also as a guy that looks up to you, looks up to Ralph Lauren, looks up to American industry guys, non-political, no bull, put the beep on it, however you want to do it, five seconds delay, and just goes in and gets it done. We don't need sentences. We need pardons. We need to talk to people. So, look, I don't know how much more of this I could take. We're only 39 seconds in this. I I know, I know, but I've listened to it a couple times. It's, look, he... He goes on this rant and he starts talking about parallel universes. And then he, uh, he says, I don't want to put, he didn't mean to put Donald Trump on blast because he talks about stop and frisk, which Trump is very much in favor of. He said he was open-minded to Kanye, but no, no, no. He's very much in favor of stop and frisk, right? 
Because, you know, the Republicans are all about, you know, guilty and innocent until proven guilty, unless you're stopped and frisked, right? Kavanaugh is innocent until proven guilty, even though he wasn't in court. But you're walking down the street and you happen to be black in New York City, you get stopped and frisked. That's okay, as, according to the Republican Party. So, you know, let's just remember that next time they're talking about guilt and innocence in things. Kanye made a great point about stop and frisk. And then he says, I didn't mean to put you on blast, bro. Call the president, bro. When you Kanye, you call you call him a bro. I didn't yeah. mean to put you on blast, bro. But uh, that's... That's what's going on in the White House. We have a reality star bringing in another reality star who's having a meltdown to the White House. The day after a hurricane ravaged Florida, a pretty important state. Like, does the president think he's that safe in Florida that he could just have meetings with Kanye West, like a frivolous meeting with Kanye West. While Florida, politically one of the most important states in the union, swing state extraordinaire, is recovering literally hours after a hurricane. I, I, just, I, I just think to myself every time I see things like that, what would have happened if Barack Obama did the same thing? What would have happened if Obama did the same thing, Mike? <laughs> I mean, could you imagine? Speechless. Could you just imagine Obama bringing Kanye West in, or or Drake? The day after, the day after Sandy, Obama has a meeting at the White House with Drake. Could you imagine what the what's right? The title, what's the title of play? to put on a benefit concert? You know, right for the for the people. I I, I, I oh, just right. I, I'm blown away. Six three one four five one one zero three nine is my number. Six three one four five one. 103 not if you want to be part of the national conversation. You don't have to agree with you uh, to get on the phones. Got to thank Ellis Hennigan. He's great as always. Always, always, always good. But I, I mean, I look, I don't know what role Kanye West plays in the election. My, my friend Tom Shalou today on the radio was all about how Kanye is going to swing the election for the Republicans. I, I just don't think that even though he has, you know, Many, many millions of followers. Many, many millions of followers. I don't understand how Kanye West would influence an election. I, I, don't, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that there are other people. I think that that... I think people who follow Kanye on Twitter and who listen to his music, they know who Kanye is, right? Kanye is... is, is look, he's, he's a brilliant musician, a brilliant entertainer but when he talks about issues of substance he he's not always you know concise and clear in what he's talking about even when he was talking with donald trump today i mean there were as many things that he disagrees with donald trump as he agreed with donald trump as he went on his 10 minute rant i mean nobody goes to the white house and speaks for 10 minutes and doesn't let the president speak. it's crazy and the president just sitting there like yeah 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 sure sure great He's the only one that could shut the president up. He is. Maybe Kanye should be at the White House more often. Right. Maybe I'm taking this all wrong. Maybe Kanye should work at the White House. There you go. And keep this president. And he goes, no, bro, I got this. I, I got, got this. this. I got, I got, let me talk. Got, let me talk. Because, you know, the world isn't going nuts when Kanye talks. Exactly. The world goes nuts when the president they talks. So maybe, listen, you know. I think Kanye needs to be. In, by the way, I hope the people hearing me on Twitter 
uh, can hear you. I don't know if they can. If you can hear Mike, hit a, hit a heart and let me know you can hear Mike. Uh, so I got a heart. Maybe they can hear you. Maybe it's working this time. I don't know. There we go. So um, a couple of hearts. So, um, uh, but it is a, uh, and hopefully they're hearting because I asked them to heart and not just, uh, you know. Maybe they just like you. Maybe they just like me. They hear my voice. I, I want to know if you my, hear Mike. I love my voice. I want to know if you can hear Mike. Uh, but it's, uh, it, it is a, it's amazing to me. I, I don't, I'm going to, don't forget, watch me on TV this weekend. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about the Yankees now. And my experience <laughs> at right. Yankee Stadium, because I, I went to Yankee Stadium uh, for uh, game three. The game they lost, I think Thanks it was a lot, 11 Chris. to 1. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So my first playoff loss, it's the first playoff loss I've ever attended at Yankee Stadium. I have never been to Yankee Stadiums where the Yankees have lost in the playoffs in my life. I've been to, I mean, 20 playoff games. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm 3-0. and but I, I was like 19-0 and before that wow, game. Wow, all right. So um, came with some swag, though. You're like, yeah, all right, we got this. I'm coming to the game. It was crazy. Go. So I, I had great seats. Yes. I was in the third row. Legends. Ugh. Good stuff. Game stunk. Obviously, fifth inning game stinks. I, you know, I get up like everybody in the legend seats and I go hang out in the bar. And it is a who who. I mean, it is a who's who in there. Uh, Saturday Night Live. Uh, Pete Davidson, who Kanye. Uh, you know, he had a great rap on Kanye the week before. I talked mm-hmm. to him for a few minutes. Rudy Giuliani, our boy Rudy. Rudy, Rudy. Uh, who uh, I was introduced to. I have met him many times, but I, I was introduced to him by somebody who used to work for him. And they introduced me as, oh, yeah, this is Chris Hahn. He's on Fox a lot right after you. He usually has the other side, right? And, and I spent 20, 25 minutes talking to Rudy about Fox and about the Yankees. I'm not going to say he agrees with me that Boone should be fired. I think Boone needs to be fired. I think Severino, after he threw the first pitch that almost went out of the park, it was hit 405 feet to the deepest part of the park. If it would have gone three more feet, it would have been gone. Uh, I think he should have been taken out. A little Early. earlier, yeah. I, I, I mean, four innings. You know, it, it was a devastating couple of innings for Severino. And Severino, you know, look, I don't know if he's a playoff guy. I mean, he had a good start. We got first half of the season. That's it. After yeah. the first half went downhill. I don't think he's a playoff guy. Yankees got to get that solid, you know, guy. You know, but we're not we're not we're not making anyone in the in the farm system. And who's who's out there? Free agency this time, you know, right now. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it, it was a, an interesting night. I, I, it was interesting. I saw, so I saw Pete Davidson. I talked to him for a little while. I talked to him about Kanye, uh, and and I told him how much I really respected what he said because that was a dangerous thing for him. Then he get into a Twitter war with Kanye. His uh, fiance is is also in the music industry. Uh, so you know, I, I, it was interesting talking to him. There was another guy from Saturday Live who I can't remember his name, Chris something or other, new guy. And at, just as I left, Mike. Spielberg and Lauren Michaels come and sit down with Pete Davidson. I was like, oh, man, why couldn't I have stayed there for like five more minutes? But it's disappointing to me as a Yankee fan that they played so poorly. And after they had played such a great, you know, both games in Boston, I mean, they lost the first game. They, you know, they, they rallied and, and, you know, from a 5-0 deficit in the first game, came, came close, got it to 5-4. I think Judge had a great series. Yeah, when you hit a home run every game, you know. He, had, he bat like 500 for the entire series. So, uh, it's insane. Um, he's the only one who came to show up. Obviously. No, he came to play. He's a gamer. And, and I, Sanchez came to play. He didn't do horrible. Sanchez. Well, Sanchez had probably one of the greatest shots 
ever, but he's had he had two hits in the in the series, and they were both home runs. Yeah. So you know, it was that, and also um, his sack fly, sack fly, you know, two more feet, and boom, gone. I don't know. So I, I'm, get, I, I'm having disappointing sports right now. I've got the Giants stinking. I've got the Yankees out of the playoffs. It's Chris Red. Chris Red. That's who he was. Yeah. Funny guy. Um, I'm talking to Pete Davidson. He's like, yeah, hi, I'm Chris. I'm like, oh, hey, Chris. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know you, man. I know who he is. He's the guy dating Ariana Grande. I mean, we all know him. And, and it was cool. I mean, he was nice. They were all nice. You know, it's, it's nice. I mean, it's, it's a good experience going and sitting in those seats. It's, it's not something I get to do often, mm-hmm. but I get to do it once in a uh, while. I get to trade. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Every now and then there's people that want to take me to a game because they think people know who I am. Nobody knows who I am. There's a lot more people that people know who they are. There. Yes. But, uh, but it, was a, it, was a, it was a fun time, uh, even if they lost. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to Rudy, uh, but... You know, I just, I feel like he's bought into this Trump fantasy. How old is Rudy right now? I don't know. He's got to be close to 80, right? Yeah, I mean, he's got to be there. close. To, I don't know if he's quite 80, but he's got to be close to 80. But, you know, he wasn't like acting like he wasn't with it. It's just like he's buying into nonsense. Like he asked me, you know, about George Soros. And, and, and look, like these are like, Republican conspiracy theories. And, and I, I had a lot of respect for Rudy when he was mayor. I had a lot of respect for him. I told him when I saw him, I said, I worked with your team after 9-11. They were fantastic. You know, I worked at Senator Schumer's office during 9-11. And I worked with Rudy's team. I was assigned to the Mercantile Exchange uh, to help them get back up and running, you know, get their back office stuff up. There was a lot going on after 9-11. And his team was great. And he was great. He led. You know, he, he had one of those. I mean, we've talked about this before. It's very disappointing sometimes seeing how partisan he's become because he really was a leader after 9-11. But he asked me, you know, about, I don't know how serious he was about it, but he asked me about, you know, Soros' involvement with these mobs protesting. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And I'm sure Soros may have given money to some of these groups. He gives money to a lot of groups. Mm-hmm. But there's no, like organized conspiracy to create mob rule in this country by Democrats. That's nonsense. I mean, why weren't these same people saying the same thing about the Tea Party who really were acting like mobs? They would go to, I mean, ask Tim Bishop, the congressman from New, from New York, who's no longer a congressman, about the Tea Party and how they engaged with him when they first came out in 2010 and started going to his town hall meetings and, and just rioting. The Republicans this year wouldn't even have town hall meetings because they were worried that the Democrats were going to behave like the Tea Party behaved in 2010. And they probably would have. They would have come and they would have shut down those meetings. Uh, but they wouldn't have been as violent and in your face as the Tea Party were. And for the Republicans now to say what the Democrats are doing is somehow violent. And for the president to go up on stage the day as the hurricane's bearing down on Florida and say the Democrats are too violent to govern. And, and suggesting that Dianne Feinstein, you know, pretty much a moderate Democrat, as moderate a Democrat as you're going to get from California, uh, you know, should be locked up, letting the crowd chant lock her up because she leaked the Ford letter, which was not classified or anything like that. It's crazy. I'm sorry, America. That, that doesn't, that shouldn't be tolerated. The chance of lock her up. I mean, it shouldn't have been tolerated. And today, the president called it the Fox and Friends. I mean, I'm, I'm going on a rant here, Mike. I mean, today, the president, today, Thursday, 
What's today? October 11th. He calls into Fox and Friends. And he, for 45 minutes, goes on this tirade. And he says that Comey treated uh, Hillary with kid gloves. He should have locked her up and taken her off the campaign trail in, 20, in 2016. He should have locked her up and taken, dragged her off the campaign trail, is what he said. Uh, I, I, just, I just want to remind him. And, and I want to remind America that this man is the president of the United States of America. And the president of the United States of America should not be talking like this, should not be talking about his political opponents as if they're criminals. I, 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 I had a lot of disagreements with George W. Bush, lots of them. I never once called him a criminal. I never once suggested he should be locked up. And, and you know, neither did Barack Obama when he was a senator and when he was a candidate for president. And neither did anybody who was running for president that was taken seriously by the Democratic Party. Did they ever suggest once that Bush should be locked up? Heck, Barack Obama, when he became president, he didn't even prosecute people who were involved with the financial scandal. And, and he should have, but he didn't because he thought it would be too divisive. And we have a president out there right now who calls his political opponents his enemy, calls his political opponents, he calls them evil. He says they shouldn't be allowed to govern. He says they're violent. I, I don't... I don't understand how that is tolerated by the people in his own party. I don't know how he thinks that's helping. All that is doing, there are people in this country, America, that are Democrats. And there are more Democrats than there are Republicans. And there are a lot of independents that are, are Democrats. And there are a lot of Republicans who have friends who are Democrats, who don't think those people are evil. And I think right now they're thinking it's time for a check and a balance on this president. And I think that if I was a member of Congress... In a swing seat right now, I would say, please, Mr. President, stay off the campaign trail. Stay off TV. Keep quiet for 30 days, 28 days. Because you're not helping. You're reminding people that Kanye wasn't the only crazy guy at that meeting in the Oval Office today. So really, Mr. President, relax. Stay home. Go play golf. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for watching me on uh, Twitter Live tonight. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn. And I want to remind you all to seek the truth. Question everyone and question everything, even me, America. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening, America. Wish our weekdays away, spend our weekends in bed. We drink ourselves stupid and work ourselves dead and all just because that's what mom and dad said we should do.
Chris Hahn Show podcast is recorded live at 103.9 FM in New York at Long Island News Radio. This podcast was sent to Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Joe Tex. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. I'm Peter Hargarden, the senior producer of podcasts here, and on behalf of everyone who worked on the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more about Chris and to find out about his upcoming television appearances, follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hahn and at ChristopherHahn.com. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUStudios.com.